Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Totem Talks. I'm Mark Smith. I'm Helen Fruin. And this week we are going to be talking about something, but I have just thought of an interesting segue. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if you're watching on on YouTube, I am wearing shorts. No, the sun is not shining, but I'm wearing them anyway, damn it, because I badly need to feel like I've had some summer. Which brings us nicely on to... Accepting... And committing... To some kind of therapy about not getting enough sunshine. But <laughs> today's topic, we are going to be doing uh, acceptance commitment theory. I like therapy. this. Therapy. Thank you. Um, I like this topic. Um, I like this theory. Um, therapy. My apologies. Again, <laughs> I haven't had much caffeine today. Um, but why, 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 why are we talking about ACT? Well, partly because we're both very passionate about it and it's always good to talk about something that you like talking about. Mm. And partly because it links to the book. So ah. yes, I'm sure you are all aware that I have written a book. Uh, we're actually playing with the subtitle. So title is simply fixed. The title of the book is Better Than Confidence. Mm -hmm. The subtitle is currently The Thinking Tools You Need to Get the Results You Want. And how does acceptance commitment therapy linked to that well because acceptance commitment therapy is in itself a really useful thinking tool mm -hmm. and it's one of the thinking tools that we talk about in the book so figured it would be good to talk about it it's extremely useful for coaching clients for people working in the hr D space if if you are mentoring someone or supporting someone and they're struggling with how they've not had a good summer mm -hmm. or anything at all acceptance commitment therapy could be a really useful thing to add into your toolkit so how is this uh, i've got lots of questions really because i don't know too much about act but i know a lot more about things like locus of control and cognitive behavioral therapy um issues i have plenty of issues with both of those things my issue particularly with cbt it's not really used in the workplace is it is, is class more, more as a therapy um you do tend to go and see a specialist for it it's very unlikely that your manager or a peer within your company will be using uh or licensed to practice cbt in that environment uh, where act doesn't seem to have that kind of um, or does yeah. it i don't know yeah it's a it's a funny one so Cognitive behavioural therapy, you're right, people are qualified in it, they are CBT therapists, specialists, mm -hmm. um, and you can have an acceptance commitment therapy therapist, <laughs> an AC therapist. Um, so in that way, the, these two things are the same. They are different approaches to therapy. They are mm -hmm. different approaches to helping people have more useful thinking. In the same way that a lot of the old leadership programs that we used to run had cbt elements mm, in the foundations of them yeah, yeah. now they've got more act elements in the foundations of them we as a business have embraced more act than cbt sure and i think actually what might be useful is to actually just talk about what what is act absolutely i just realized we've dived off into the deep end now yes i've got a rant coming i feel it's almost like <laughs> get to the ranty bit let's um, get to the introduction bit let's, first let's introduce what, what, what is acceptance <laughs> commitment therapy okay 
So it is helpful to start with cognitive behavioral therapy because ACT kind of came from there. Mm -hmm. So a bit of the history is that, uh, well, you can talk more about the history of where there was first behavioral therapy, Mm -hmm. then there was cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, As the wording sounds, cognitive behavioral therapy, cognitive, cognition, thinking, behavior, therapy. So this is about changing your thinking to change your behavior. Mm-hmm. It's a form of therapy that says, mm, your thinking right now is not so helpful. Let's help you get some more useful thinking. And then that will change your behavior and you will get better outcomes in life. Mm-hmm. So if you are feeling really down or anxious, let's shift that thinking. It will shift your behavior. You get better results. Yeah, Better results may be in the workplace, better results in terms of happiness, contentment, whatever it might be. Uh, acceptance commitment therapy grew out of that with a number of therapists saying, you know what, cognitive behavioral therapy feels like a fight. Mm. It feels like an argument you're having with yourself, right? So imagine this conversation in my own head. I feel really down today Mm -hmm. and I feel quite anxious about this thing I've got happening tomorrow. Oh no, you shouldn't be feeling down and don't feel anxious. Those are not good things to think. You need to feel something more positive. You need to be thinking something more useful. Uh, Let's change the way you're thinking there. Right, what are you going to think instead? Well, I don't want to think anything else instead. And I am pretty kind of stuck in thinking these things. Why would I change the way I'm thinking? And we start having this fight with ourselves. Mm -hmm. What if we were to drop that fight And that's what acceptance commitment therapy is. It's accepting the thoughts that we have, the feelings that we have, the the existence that we have. So your example of the summer is great. Do we accept that it's raining? Do we accept that the summer has not been so good weather-wise? Do we accept that things are quite hard right now? And then commitment is to commit to action in line with your values. So I am accepting life the way it is. I'm committing to do something I believe in. So it's a different version of dealing with negative or unhelpful thoughts compared to cognitive behavioral therapy. Got it. Which for me sounds very similar to the early behavioral therapy stuff. So Skinner, Watson, I can't remember their first names. Um, They sort of in the early 40s, they were coming across a lot of of people with uh, behavioral issues because of the Second World War which makes a lot of sense um, because they saw some pretty horrific stuff. And they were very much in the behavioral therapy. So they didn't ask these people to think what was the problem was because everybody kind of knew what the problem was. They just created an environment where they had to modify their behavior. And their success rate was insanely good, insanely good. So and it, it it moved away from sort of the psychiatric care for people with you know genuine mental illnesses into sort of broader society and he you know the, i think it was watson was having a number of staff if his um patients if you like took more than six weeks to adjust their behavior he'd sack them off because they clearly weren't committed to changing their behavior and his focus was entirely on changing behavior not thinking about it Mm -hmm. you know and it was only in sort of the 50s when they introduced the cognitive Mm -hmm. element that really upset him and he cleared off yeah because it was his fundamental belief that encouraging people to sit and think and talk through the issues that were causing their poor behavior was hugely unhelpful and i think there is i mean i don't know if there is some uh i mean it's anecdotal i think in my head but there's a lot of research to say that 
you know, from a neuroscientific perspective, that if you are going over the same issue in your head again and again and again, you are building really strong neural pathways that reinforce that thinking pattern. And that's why psychotherapy, there's a question mark over psychotherapy because that's what psychotherapy does is take you back Mm. over, you know, where has this come from in your childhood? What's happened in the past that's made you this way? And the more, as you say, you reinforce that neural connection, Mm. you reinforce the pattern that says, I am this way, I am this way because of my dad, I can't help be Mm. this way the worse you're making the problem Mm -hmm. if this is something you want to change so actually skinner's approach to saying let's just change the behavior you're an alcoholic stop drinking alcohol (laughs) Uh, there's a hilarious video we can share of the stop it comedy sketch uh because it does seem kind of ridiculous to say to somebody stop drinking alcohol if you've got an alcohol problem Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're being a perfectionist and that's not working for you stop being a perfectionist it sounds ridiculous but at the same time Digging back 40 years to understand why you're a perfectionist could be just as unhelpful. Yeah, well, uh, this is the thing. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to give a personal example here. So I have a problem with food. Um, I like to eat. And so my get by my weight yo-yos all the time. Uh, I have a specific problem with fried chicken. I love fried chicken. <laughs> I love fried oh, chicken. <laughs> I love fried chicken. Uh, particularly late at night. You know, if I'm not sleeping very well, which I don't tend to anyway. Um, I'm, I am very comfortable just sitting there munching on uh, a nice takeaway delivery from just down the road who do very good fried chicken. And um, it has caused me some problems in the past. I, I was once very, very big because of it. And when you say, you know, just stop ordering the food. Just stop it. Um, I found that very difficult to do. Um, I would just, you know, push the button, make the phone call, whatever it was. Um, but it is actually possible to not order food you just have to go to some ridiculous lengths to get it done and uh, i have completely reworked my mobile phone completely reworked our landline as our you know the home broadband system here i physically cannot order food without i mean i just can't do it i literally physically cannot order food because all the websites are blocked my phone doesn't connect to the internet when it does connect to the internet certain apps are blocked and I've and I've handed over all the passwords to a third party who is my mentor in that in the, is a guardian in that sense. So I literally cannot order fried chicken. And that's what's so powerful is it's not just like it sounds far too simplistic to say that behavioural therapy is stop drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. stop eating fried chicken. You do chicken. have to do something. You've got to do something. That, what yeah. are those trigger behaviours? What are the behaviours that lead up to it? What are the yeah. buttons you can press? Can you take those buttons away? So it mm. is a, a behavioural plan. Yeah, and the trigger behaviour is really good, actually. Um, the worst trigger behaviour for me is late-night telewatching. Um, you know, so we've got a, I've got an absolutely sweet setup downstairs. Um, you know, great big TV, great surround system. And, I've, you know, you have a movie on late at night, you're like, oh, well, naturally, I'm going to order some chicken. So it would, it would always be that kind of pattern. And just disrupt that pattern so now it's very difficult for me to watch telly as well um late into the night and it's also now impossible for me to order food and it has helped i have and it is it does sound embarrassing if i explain this to people that i'm not allowed to the internet on my phone because i'll order chicken (laughs) it's a bit embarrassing but at the end of the day i've stopped ordering chicken my weight has come down because of it i am healthier for it Job it's done. a good thing. I don't yeah. need to sit there and ruminate with a therapist about why I have an unhealthy relationship because that could go on forever and ever. Yeah. 
Um, and it comes back to the question uh, you mentioned was raised, was it Skinner or Watson? You said, if it takes longer than six weeks, something's wrong. Yeah. Because six weeks to plan out, what are those trigger behaviors? What are the, the things you can do? What's the plan mm. you need to put in place to change your behavior? Yeah. That shouldn't really take longer than six weeks. No. And we don't need to do any of the going back. And it's interesting because I've just come off an inclusive leadership program where people are saying, oh, now I've realized how prejudiced I am and my biases. You know, I really want to understand more about where these biases have come from. And alarm bells are ringing for me, as you're describing here, mm. that understanding more about where those biases come from could make them worse. Yeah, it needs to be very carefully explored, very carefully. And that's why I like the accept commit. It's because... I have an issue with food. I'm going to commit to fixing it. That's oh, why I think actually ACT and the B, the BT in yes. that sense are very similar. Yeah, it's recognizing you have an issue or you have Accepting this thought. Accepting it, just accept it. Yeah, and then crack on and deal with it. Yeah, uh, you know, commit to some kind of action after it. So, yeah. um, that's I, I'm, I do like the the, mm. the ACT. And what I also like about it is that it it takes a lot of the pressure off. So the acceptance piece is to say, you know, it's okay that I feel totally rubbish today. It's okay that I feel guilty. It's okay mm. that I don't think I'm good enough. You know, we get in such a spiral of despair with I'm not good enough. Oh, well, now I feel really bad because I think I'm not good enough. Or I'm worried about my presentation. Oh, no, no, I'm, now I'm worried about my presentation. That means my presentation is going to go worse because I'm worried about it. And we get in these total spirals of despair. If you just say, I'm worried about my presentation, okay. Mm. Actually, it's totally understandable that I'm worried about my presentation. Presentations can be scary. Mm. Okay. So let's accept the way that we feel. And then the commitment part, as you say, is to commit to take action. The, the thing that makes the action really powerful in ACT is to make the action in line with your values. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be action related to the thing that you're accepting mm -hmm. so it could be i accept that i feel nervous about my presentation what action do i want to take in line with my values could be something totally different like you know what i really value is my family so okay i'm worried about giving this presentation but the action i'm going to take is to go and really enjoy time with my kids mm -hmm. because that's the thing that's important to me not spending all night worrying about a presentation and hey presto when i spend time with the kids I'm not worried about the presentation. I'm not distracted by that. And I might get a better night's sleep. Mm. So it's this, it may be related. It could be, I'm worried about my presentation. Okay. What action would I like to take in line with my values? Well, my values are to make the biggest difference I can in my work. Well, then how am I going to do that in my presentation? So the action could be related to the thing or it could be unrelated. Mm -hmm. The point is it's taking action, which as you say, then is much more behavioral therapy anyway. Yeah. So once again, I have wiggled and waggled this podcast all over the place. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> um, why is this related to the book? Well, as I described earlier, acceptance commitment therapy is in itself a useful thinking tool. Mm -hmm. So if the book is better than confidence, the useful thinking tools you need to get the results you want, one of those useful thinking tools is acceptance commitment. I see. So when you are feeling that you're lacking confidence, like the example I've just given of I'm worried about my presentation or I don't know if I can speak up in this meeting. I'm worried about you know, being rude if I talk over other people. You're lacking confidence. You've got those self-doubt thoughts kicking in. Accept it. Okay, I don't feel comfortable speaking up in this meeting. 
okay, I'm worried about applying for that promotion. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely terrified that if I apply for the promotion, my boss will say, no, you're not worth it. I'm absolutely terrified of that. Okay, I accept that that's the way I feel. Now, what is it that's really important to me? What are my values? How do I take some action in line with those? So we talk about that in the book as a way of overcoming challenges uh, in that sense. If by any chance you're listening to this and thinking, uh, commit to action in line with my values. I'm not sure what my values are. Mm -hmm. How do I know what those are? Our next podcast, dear listeners, is on being authentic. And because authenticity is absolutely critical to be aligned to your values, we're going to unpick in that podcast how to identify your values, which will help you with ACT. So stay tuned. For stay tuned for one. my next therapy session. I think that sounds <laughs> like that's what that's going to be. Let's be honest. Um, okay, cool. Uh, you have been waggling a book around all day I saying have. this is just awesome. It's amazing. So this is the Illustrated Happiness Trap, uh, How to Stop Struggling and Start Living, a user-friendly guide to ACT. It's written by Russ Harris and Bev Aisbit. Uh, we'll put a link under the podcast. Sure can. Uh, highly recommend this book. As I describe it, it's the illustrated happiness trap. So it's got lots of pictures in it. It makes it unbelievably clear what this is and how you can use it. So I highly recommend this book. Perfect. Awesome. Well, uh, I shall go away and think about what I'm going to talk about authentically in our next podcast. Um, as always, hit the subscribe button. That would be very useful. If you do have any feedback for us or you'd like to see the show go in a different direction, again, just get in touch. We are here at your beck and call. Uh, have a great week. Thank you.